Testing, testing. One, two, three. One, two, one, two. Testing, one, two. Check, 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 check. Hello. It's Thursday, or so I'm told. That's what the calendar says anyway. So, here's chapter 15. Chapter 15. Mildew pockets the spoon. Mildew was about to head back to the time machine when he had a sudden thought. Having come back in the time machine to an earlier time than he'd set off, he now realised he might be in a position to catch the school spoon thief red-handed. After all, the spoon had been there when he and Sponge had popped into the trophy room to discuss the Viking in the ha-ha. The spoon must have been stolen shortly afterwards. If he could hide himself in the trophy room, Mildew might catch a glimpse of the culprit, or even apprehend him, if he was one of the smaller, weaker boys. The Christmas holidays would not be cancelled, and although no one but Sponge would know, Mildew would have saved the day. Giddy with the excitement of these thoughts, Mildew scurried with uncharacteristic purposefulness and speed towards the school trophy room. The school spoon was still safely in its cabinet. Mr Stupendo's class, including he and Sponge, would only just now be returning from their run. Mildew decided he would hide behind one of the cabinets and wait to see who came in. He was surprised at how exhausting doing nothing and just waiting turned out to be. He yawned and blinked and yawned. He tried desperately to think unsleepy thoughts, but it was all to no avail. Within moments he fell into a deep snooze, woken only by the noise of whispered chatter nearby. Mildew peered out from behind the cabinet and was astonished at the strangeness of seeing himself and Sponge standing beside the school spoon. There's no one here, Sponge, said the other Mildew. You're imagining things. Sponge didn't look convinced. Can we go, Mildew? I don't like it. Of course, said the other Mildew with a smile. You're such a... Mildew had chosen a particularly dusty corner of the trophy room in which to hide, and some of that dust now wandered into Mildew's nostrils, and though he tried very hard to stop himself, he had no choice but to sneeze loudly. Eek! squeezed Sponge, hopping into the air and knocking into the other Mildew. Mildew, peeking from behind the cabinet, saw very clearly that as Sponge knocked the other Mildew... The other mildew knocked the plinth on which the spoon rested on a crimson velvet cushion, and it slid off, and into the other mildew's pocket. The two boys hurried from the room. Mildew smiled to himself. So I was the mysterious sneezer, he thought to himself, as well as the mysterious spoon thief. Mildew reached into his pocket, expecting to find the spoon there. Then he realised that he was not wearing the same clothes as he had been when the spoon fell into his jacket. Those clothes were lying in shreds back in the Viking village. Curses, thought Mildew. The school spoon is stranded back in the Viking age. Mildew resolved there and then that he would go back in time again, find himself at the Viking village and bring the spoon back. Wait a minute, thought Mildew. Of course, I must do exactly that, for I saw myself doing that very thing when I was tied to the post. So I didn't really desert myself in my hour of need. I already knew my head was safe. Mildew waited for the other Mildew and Sponge to move away before setting off back to the time machine. He whizzed back to the Viking village, went to where he was tied to a post, rummaged around in his own pocket for the school spoon and returned triumphant to Maudlin Towers. Adjusting the dial to arrive back in the present and headed straight for the trophy room to replace the spoon, this miracle achieved, Mildew set off to the library with a satisfied swagger to meet his friend Sponge. What are you up to? 
said Kenningworth as he walked past. Up to? Me? said Mildew. Nothing. What are you up to, more like? What am I up to? said Kenningworth sniffily. I'm not up to anything. Well then, said Mildew. Exactly, said Kenningworth. The two boys went their separate ways with one last weary glance over their respective shoulders. Sponge! whispered Mildew as he found his friend in the gloomiest corner of the library, deeply engrossed in a large and ancient-looking book. I've had such an adventure! So Mildew told Sponge all about how he'd inadvertently been sent back to the Viking village, how he had been about to be sacrificed, when he had passed out and awoken to find himself smelling of damp dog with his clothes ripped to shreds, and how he had then escaped to become the supposedly ghostly Viking they had seen in the ha-ha three days ago and how he had seen himself accidentally steal the school spoon, and then had gone back in time to retrieve the spoon from himself and return to the present to put it back. I say, Mildew, said Sponge, you are frightfully clever, and now that the school spoon is back in its rightful place, all will be well again. Indeed. You're a hero, Mildew. I suppose I am, Sponge, although only you will ever know. Yes, of course. We can't tell, can we? No one would believe us if we did, Sponge. The two boys chuckled and mused on this and other aspects of Mildew's escapade as they walked through the school. I think we should go and make a special visit to the school spoon, said Sponge, by way of a private celebration. Excellent idea, Sponge, said Mildew, and so they made their way to the trophy room. I don't understand, Mildew, said Sponge as they walked into the room and were faced with a total absence of spoon. I thought you said that... It's not possible, said Mildew. I put it back. I put it back, but it's gone, gone. How is that possible, Sponge? There, there, boys, said the headmaster, suddenly appearing behind them. I know it's hard to take, but we must be strong. How is your piece about the life of the school going, Mildew? My what? said Mildew. Oh, very well, sir. We're still gathering research. Very good, very good, said the headmaster. I'm amazed that you have time to do this and rehearse for the you-know-what. The headmaster winked at Mildew, and it took Mildew a moment to remember about the play he'd invented when he was still dressed as a Viking. It's been tiring, sir, said Mildew. Rehearsing, said Sponge. Ow! Shh, said Mildew. We don't want to spoil the surprise, do we? The headmaster winked at Mildew again and walked away, chuckling to himself. You kicked me, Mildew said Sponge, and it hurt. I'm sorry, old friend, said Mildew. It had to be done. And what was all that about rehearsing? I'll explain later, said Mildew, pulling at his own hair in exasperation. Right now we have to work out what madness has occurred. How on earth has the school spoon disappeared again? I did not risk having my head lopped off for nothing. Come on, Sponge. Chapter 16. Two distinct noises, neither of them good. Mildew and Sponge had never thought about anything quite so hard as they thought about the whereabouts of the school spoon. They thought and thought, and had a little rest while their brains caught their breaths and then thought some more. But no inspiration came, and the two boys sighed and slumped onto a bench, exhausted. You never did tell me what you did to your arm, said Sponge. I have tried, to be fair, said Mildew. If you weren't so sensitive about blood, I mean soup, I'd have told you long before now. Well, tell me now. I shall try to be brave, said Sponge. Very well. It's quite an interesting story. 
It all started when my beloved parents decided that it would be easier for them if they dropped me off at school on their way to see the McMildews of Scotland. So instead of getting a week off for half term, I only got a long weekend before they dumped me back here on Wednesday afternoon. How awful, said Sponge. What did you do? Well, what could I do, said Mildew. I simply had to make the best of it. Was there anyone about? Hardly anyone, said Mildew. Flintlock, the headmaster, a couple of the masters, no boys at all. Oh, it must have been awfully dull. It was, admitted Mildew. At first a bit creepy too, but then there was a most extraordinary occurrence. I was shivering myself to sleep one night alone in the dorm when I heard a noise outside. A noise? said Sponge tremulously. What kind of a noise? There were two distinct noises. Neither of them good, said Mildew. Sponge shuddered. The first was the scream of a young girl, said Mildew. But there aren't any young girls at Maudlin Towers. Precisely. Sponge shuddered again. The second was the howling of some kind of beast. A beast, you say? said Sponge, suddenly alert and peering. I do say, and stop peering at me. What happened then? Nothing happened for a while, continued Mildew, and then there were two more noises, neither of which were any better than the first two. What were these noises like, Mildew? They came from inside the school now. One of them was a scampering noise, the other a kind of snuffling. Oh, said Sponge, shuddering a little more. What's more, they were getting closer. I could hear them outside the dorm. What did you do? said Sponge. I did what anyone would do in such circumstances, Sponge. I put the sheets over my head and whimpered. Sponge nodded. What happened then? Well, eventually I uncovered my head and strained to detect any noises, but could hear nothing at all. I got out of bed and crept to the door of the dorm, opened it with barely a creak to peer out. I could see nothing at first in the gloom, but then... The clouds parted, and moonlight flooded in from the skylight above the stairwell, and something rushed towards me and struck me, scratching my arm, knocking me to the floor. I lay there dazed. Sponge shuddered. Was there a lot of... Soup? said Mildew. I'm afraid there was. A couple of ladlefuls, at least. How awful! said Sponge. Then I heard a bang, and something dropped down beside me. Gosh! said Sponge. What was it? Well, that's just it, said Mildew. I must have banged my head when I fell, because the next thing I knew, I was in the sick room at the mercy of Mrs. Leecham, and try as I might, I haven't been able to see these things clearly since. The thing on the stairs, and whatever fell down beside me, are thrown into deep shadow whenever I try to bring them to mind. Twy, Mildew, implored Sponge. Twy harder. Mildew frowned with concentration, but shook his head. It's no good, he said after a moment. I thought I had it there, but it's gone again. How frustrating, said Sponge. I wonder if the mysterious intruder you saw had anything to do with the theft of the school spoon. Hmm, good point. We hadn't thought about the thief coming from outside the school. That's only going to make things harder to find out who it is. It must have been a troubling few days for the headmaster said Sponge. What with you being injured and the old particle biting the dust? But that's it, cried Mildew. That's who was laying beside me. I remember now it was Mr. Particle. What's more, his clothes were all ripped and torn and covered in soup. Unless I'm mistaken, he was a little past the verge of being dead. Dead? said Sponge. Exceptionally. Sponge tried not to think about the soup. 
He frowned and stroked his chin. Mildew was still frowning with concentration, trying to remember more of what took place. Good grief, said Mildew. It's coming back to me now, but it can't be. And yet... What? said Sponge. At first, Particle wasn't Particle at all. He was a wolf. A wolf? said Sponge. I'm afraid so, said Mildew, fur and teeth and all. It's an odd coincidence, isn't it, that the Vikings should have their wolf obsession and then... Wait a minute, said Sponge. His clothes were whipped and your clothes were all whipped and torn when you woke in the Viking village. Yes, but I don't see what that's... And didn't you say you heard scampering and snuffling outside the door? I did, but... And wasn't there a full moon in the Viking village and a full moon just before you were attacked that night? When you saw the intruder on the stairs. Uh, yes, but... But don't you see? Said Sponge. Not really. You're a werewolf boy. A werewolf boy? Have you gone mad, Sponge? I don't think so. Come with me. Sponge took Mildew to the same dingy corner of the library Mildew had found him in previously. Sponge took a large dusty volume from the shelf and flicked through the pages, making them both cough. You see? Look! Sponge pointed to a series of ancient wood-engraved illustrations, showing a boy being attacked by a wolf standing on its hind legs. A werewolf, whispered Sponge solemnly. It never ceases to surprise me that someone of your nervous disposition reads such things, Sponge. I can't stop myself. Another image showed the werewolf being shot dead. Yet another showed a transformation scene in which the boy who'd been attacked was now himself turning into a wolf. Do you see the full moon? said Sponge. That's the twigger for the change. I see what you're saying, said Mildew, but do you really mean to say that I was attacked by a werewolf? I can see no other explanation, said Sponge. Particle must have been a werewolf and the curse has been passed on to you through those scratches on your arms. That's what happens, you see. It's like a disease. You must have changed into a werewolf that night in the Viking village and loosened the bonds with your wolfish super strength. Mildew flicked a few pages on in the book. Where is the path where it mentions a cure? He said. Sponge turned back and pointed to the werewolf being shot. I'm afraid that appears to be the only cure, said Sponge. A silver bullet. Mildew's legs felt weaker than usual. But how on earth did Old Particle become a werewolf, said Mildew. Don't you recall now, at the end of the last term, Particle returned from a trip to Bohemia with those nasty gashes on his face? I do, Sponge, said Mildew. He told us he'd cut himself shaving. Thinking back now, that did seem unlikely, unless he'd been shaving with a rake. I think Particle had been attacked by a werewolf on his trip to Bohemia and returned to become a werewolf himself every full moon. He must have changed on one of his trips to the Viking village and caused havoc while he was there. That's who they were trying to appease with your sacrifice. I was being sacrificed to Mr. Particle, said Mildew. In a way, said Sponge. But how did he keep it secret, said Mildew. He must have recovered and got back to Maudlin Towers somehow. I suppose he took himself off to the hills when he felt an attack coming on. Don't you remember? The local sheep farmers complaining there was a mad dog on the loose last term. Yes, said Mildew, that's right. As a matter of fact, when I arrived here for half term, a group of farmers turned up saying the dog had been seen returning to the school grounds. It was Old Particle himself who told them that it was impossible, that there was no dog, mad or otherwise, in Maudlin Towers. 
No dog, but there was a wolf, said Sponge. And then the old sheep warrior went and attacked me, said Mildew. I've a good mind to inform the school governors and have him dismissed. And one could hardly blame you, Mildew, said Sponge. But thirdly, the old fellow is dead. Shame, said Mildew, and not from a sudden illness, as the headmaster told us, but from a sudden bullet to the ticker. Fill the bullet, said Sponge. Indeed, which means that the headmaster was in on it. Maybe he even shot him. Sponge shook his head. I think it was Flintlock. You remember he's been patrolling the grounds with a gun for weeks. The thought of Flintlock and a silver bullet-loaded rifle made Mildew's knees wobble. How long before I'm gnawing mutton on the fell side, Sponge? How long before he's after me with that gun? Yes, said Sponge. I wonder why they let you go when you've been injured. They must know that how a werewolf passes on the werewolfness. What did they do when they found you? They took me to the sick room, and Leecham bandaged me up. I had a frightful pain in my head, too, and a big lump. Curious, said Sponge. Mildew's southernmost lip began to quiver. But I don't want to die, said Mildew. I'm too young. There are so many things I have yet to achieve. Quite, said Sponge. But all is not hopeless. I have an idea. And that's the end of chapter... 16. We shall have two more tomorrow. Have a lovely afternoon slash evening slash morning and I'll speak to you soon. Goodbye.